All right, here we are. Where are all my friends? And this is a really special episode because with everyone staying at home, I've just been going crazy with trying all sorts of different things. And normally we just tell people stories, but I thought it would be really fun to do a specific episode focused on one subject. And that subject is streaming. So I figured no better people to have than Josh Eppel, and Ben Farber, two of my closest pals who happen to have really cool jobs in music directly related to streaming. So Ben is at Warner and Josh is at Hopeless, and they're both on the streaming and sales sides. And I just thought this would be really cool because it kind of gives us both the perspective of an indie and a major They've been like actual friends of mine forever, so it's just a bunch of pals talking. And uh, I personally think they're the best at what they do. So this is a real treat for me. Uh-huh. Thanks, Graham. That so, was a great yeah. intro, dude. I like that. Did I do all right? Yeah, I just did it off the top. Beautiful. I don't even think I'm going to do... Convo, you know? Just a couple pals having a convo. <laughs> I don't even think I'm going to do a uh, an intro to this. I'm not even going to do the music. Yeah. I'm just going to I'm just gonna let it ride with that. Cool. Just... Let's skip to the chorus. Don't bore us. <laughs> Boom. Who needs music when you're talking about streaming? Who needs music when you're talking about music? That's what I like to say. So I figure everyone's at home right now. Every artist uh, can be working on streaming. People are still listening to music. Even if you can't go to shows, you can listen to music as a fan and you can improve your profiles and everything as an artist. I think the first place to start would be what are some basic practices that everyone should be doing? If you're an artist, if you have streaming profiles, what are some things that you should make sure you have? Yeah, no, that's a really good question and a great place to start. Um, Obviously, it's a very interesting time right now. And I think like, you know, the conversation that we should be having is kind of what does streaming look like overall, but also more importantly, like what's going on right now and what artists can be doing right now, you know, because, you know, it's, it's a very difficult time, but at the same time, you know, music uh, is a huge healing factor and streaming allows us to continue to, you know, put new material out for, for people to connect with. So it's a very exciting time for a lot of artists to get involved in streaming and I think what's great is is a lot of these services are figuring out ways of how they can continue to double down and help artists grow their presence on platform. But for me, I think the most important right now with artists being at home is new music. I think just to start at the top is, you know, hopefully artists are well equipped to continue to write new music and uh, and put more material out on these platforms. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm talking with a lot of, a lot of our, our artists right now. And a big thing is everyone is so scared because they don't know what's going to happen. But one thing that you can control is putting out new music. Um, obviously, everybody doesn't have the same access as everybody else. But if you can create music while you're at home, that is something that you can do and continue to do to keep eyes and ears on you. Um, and then just some of the basics that you need. You know, obviously, you need all of your profiles on every streaming service. And that'll start by when you put out music, um, if you're an indie artist. And then the main thing that you need to focus on building, similar to like social media, would be your followers. Because that feeds into a bunch of stuff later on, like Release Radar and Discover Weekly, and really helps you get heard. Yeah, I agree. And it, you know, like, I like to think of these streaming services as social media platforms. If you kind of like bucket them into similar 
to how you handle Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, where you're consistently having to put out new material and new content. The more material and content that you put out on these platforms and you have your profiles optimized, like Josh said, you know, the more you're going to be able to grow. And so, you know, making sure that your profiles are updated, but also using the tools that these services provide to also help you grow. So, you know, like, for example, on Spotify, there's an artist pick opportunity. So right now being at home, it'd be cool for you to create what you're listening to at home, put some of your own music into it, pin it to the pro, you know, to your profile and promote it socially that, you know, there's a playlist for people to kind of hear what you're doing while at home. And you can tie a social campaign around that. Um, you know, Pandora, you can create liners right now. If you're an artist that has a, uh, an, um, a uh, charity that they're trying to promote, you know, you can create audio liners that you can put on, on your station on Pandora. So I think utilizing all the tools that these platforms provide for you are the first and foremost of like really setting yourself up for um, real growth. Yeah, you guys said two things that stood out to me there that are really cool. One, putting out new music, because I've actually heard that and I've had that debate already with artists of, is this a thing where everybody waits? Because a lot of times people release music around a tour or around a whole rollout plan. So now it's this awkward thing of like, do we do we use up our songs? Do we start to release the stuff we've been working on? Is this kind of going out to no one right now? Or is this time to release music? So that's really cool to hear. And it also kind of makes me think, like, it's not like the employees at streaming sites have gone anywhere. They're all working right now to figure out how they can help artists too. Yep. So if you give them fuel, that does nothing but help. And then the other thing you said is as far as like using it as a social platform, it's kind of like getting attention, right? Like you want to incentivize people to go to those profiles and to spend time on your profile and to pay attention to your profile and engage with it. Uh, because that will then, I don't know, that makes your profile more interesting and valuable in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, I like the way you said that. Yeah. To, I mean, Cram, yeah, you kind of, you, you brought up a really good point of, you know, releasing music at a time when no artists are performing and how do you build kind of a marketing plan around that? And I think every yeah. artist is different and you should be strategic about it and, and figure out what is the long-term goal and what kind of music do we have in the pipeline already kind of finished? Are we in the middle of releasing an album right now? Are we about to kick one off? So, you know, you can combat that and, and, and kind of come up with solutions of it doesn't necessarily have to be part of your campaign. It could be maybe an alternate version or a remix or just like an acoustic version of one of your songs. Um, you know, you, you, there, there are other like ways that you can kind of release new music per se, but, um, it, it, it is a conversation and, and some artists, they are moving some of their material, um, you know, to, to line up with something bigger that they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. To what Ben said, like, it's very much a case by case thing. We had artists in every scenario. There was artists doing absolutely nothing. There were some in the middle of the campaigns and there were some getting towards the end. And some we moved, some we didn't. Some we amplified and we changed to just releasing every single on the album as a single until it all drops. Like We're really in unprecedented territory, so there is no right answer. You just have to know what's right for your audience and feed them and continue to try and grow. And that's all you can do. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I'm of the belief that it's never a bad thing to put out more content. 
And I think that music is going that way, but it's cool to hear that from y'all. Do you think that there's a benefit to singles or an album right now? Does that matter? I think, again, it's, it's dependent on who your fan is, what you plan on getting. Like if you have an album in the bank and you weren't planning on having a tour or anything else anyway, yeah, yeah, release it. Like people are at home and people are listening to music. Um, I also think it's a time where a lot of people are bummed out and they're looking for escape. And that's when I found some of the best music in my life. So like, if you have that ability to give that to people, it could probably be a really big thing for your career. Um, but if you had this whole big tour and that was really the anchor of your release or anything else like that, like a big event, it might be worth waiting to put out that album and maybe just continue to release some singles or maybe more singles than you were planning on originally. That's cool. That's well said. All right. So next part, you find some new music to release. You have something to release, be it an album or singles. There's a lot of people talking online right now because that's the only thing to do. So how do you get attention to your music right now? So it's kind of partially streaming, talking about streaming platforms, but it's also kind of talking about socials. Josh, I know you've gotten real creative with things. I know TikTok is a very hot thing to talk about right now. Um, so you put out music. How do you get attention to it properly right now? Uh, for me, like anytime I'm working with an artist on something like that, the question is, would you care if you saw this? Like, why would you do anything that you wouldn't care about? Like you have to give everything 100%. And if you're doing something that you wouldn't care about, why would anyone else care about it? So when you're planning a release, um, a single, an album, whatever, like it should be big and it should be a thing that people will want to click on or listen to. Like you can't just put it out and think it's going to do well without any actual plan or heart behind it. Um, and I think that goes with, I think we're going to get into this a little bit later, but like playlisting and curators as well. Like why would anybody care about your release and why would they put it on playlists if you know you don't have an answer to that question? Yeah. No, I mean, that that to me, you said that so well, because I, I always think about people talking about playlisting and getting these features and attention. It's like, it's almost this, you expect it as it's a right. Mm -hmm. Where to me, it's like, well, if you don't care, if you're not giving it everything, why why are they gonna? There's so many other artists competing for that same space and attention. Right. So you have to make that stand out and you have to show how much it matters to you and that you're putting real attention there yourself. Yeah, totally. and, also, and also you, you got to put time into it too and, and like, you know, interact with your fans, especially now more than ever. I think yeah. people want that intimate connection with you and, and artists have an opportunity while they're sitting at home to just be mm -hmm. commenting on back at fans on their Instagram posts and just going live on IG, just like keeping it real, keeping it authentic, um, you know, that keeps you in the marketplace, uh, you know, and keeps the attention of your fans so that when you put new music out, you already are engaged with them. You already, it's just part of your everyday story. Um, yeah. Totally. So you know, that's, it's an important factor to kind of stay as active as possible and connected with your fans through all your social platforms now more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that artists are in a super lucky time right now because the tools are out there to use. Like Ben mentioned uh, Instagram Live, which is perfect. And then TikTok is another huge one. Like people can go out there and promote their music via these social platforms. And people didn't really have that option before. If there was this kind of pandemic when touring was the only way to get your music heard, it would be awful for everybody. But like use this time to build up those social media accounts and find ways to do things and become interesting 
in a way that people will want to check you out. I mean, TikTok, uh, we can't, we can spend a whole podcast talking about TikTok, um, but it's so powerful. And that's how artists are getting noticed and getting tracks that are huge without any type of playlisting or anyone else's help. Like independent artists can go on TikTok and make their song massive, which is awesome. Talk about that. Talk about that for a second though, because I, I want to get as specific or I want to give as much as we can with this podcast without going too, too deep. But instead of just saying as a broad thing of like, it's powerful, uh, what can you do? Like, cool, you have a new song out. What's the move? Where do you start? Well, the first thing would be to get your song on TikTok, which you could either do if you're distributing music via whatever, like a tune core, if you're an independent artist or if your label, if you have a label, it's going on there. Um, but you could also make a custom sound. Like you don't need any type of access other than your own. You can go on, make your own sound, and then you start making videos with it. And it really is just this viral thing where like if you make a video that's funny or you know, um, compassionate or whatever, like people resonate with it and then they create the video and it just keeps on going and going. Um, we did a, a campaign with one of our artists recently and it started with just one video and that one got a million views and then it turned into 40,000 videos. And, you know, there was probably over 300 with a million views. And that's something we got from nowhere else during this campaign. And we spent literally zero. And what what, Jacques, what was so an independent artist could do that same thing? What was the video like? What was the, the action that they did? Um, so this in particular was by a band called Waterparks, and the song was called "I Miss Having Sex," but at least I don't want to die anymore, which is perfect TikTok line. Um, so fans would create a video where they would get a question beforehand, uh, and it would get really weird. But one of the the coolest ones was, "How do you feel now that you're on antidepressants?" And that reduces your sex drive. So the answer to the question would be the chorus of the song. Well, I miss having sex, but at least I don't want to die anymore. Um, and that really resonated with young people because more and more so people are getting on antidepressants and they're depressed. Um, so it just really sparked this whole thing. And then it got into some really weird sex stuff and it got even bigger, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, but the reason why I ask, you know, and because I, I've tried to have a lot of conversations with kids who actually are really engaged on TikTok and how that how their behavior is. And the one thing that I've noticed is it's it's not necessarily the song itself. It's the it's the the action that's part of the song or the 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 like the dance movement that they know yeah, yeah. more than just the song. So when you're for me it's like, you know, I would recommend for artists to like think about that when they're just uploading like a good line or whatever it may be. But more so think about well what is that dance going to be or what is that what is the video going to look like that you want to kind of you want people to recreate totally right so as an artist or as the person creating that first clip you again have to ask that same question that josh kind of said of like what's interesting like what do i think is funny what do totally. i think is interesting because yeah. if you're the creator of that sound it's kind of on you to start the momentum or have it not going yeah anywhere. yeah so the other, do, yeah the other thing too that i'm starting to notice that our artists are doing that's being super effective is not trying to start their song as a tiktok video but go and search and see if anyone has created something already Mm -hmm. and do a reaction video on TikTok of the artist interacting with that video. You know, like they do the splice videos where you can do duets. And we've seen, you know, that just take off. What is it called? 2X? Duets. Oh, duets. A duet. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, a duet. Thank you. <laughs> talk expert. <laughs> but yeah, it's another way for you to interact with your fans on platform and help kind of like fuel 
you know, if you do this, you're going to get a reaction from the artist himself, you know, or. Yeah. Totally. Cool. And okay. So I think, oh, Josh, go on. I, I know what I'm going to say. So say that piece. Um, I was going to say it's a place where independent artists it can really flourish because when we did that campaign with water parks, it was literally me just emailing a thousand kids and just being like, Hey, what do you think about this? Like, do you have any ideas? And then we linked up with one and he was the kid who blew it up. Like that's something that someone could do at home. Like if you have a song that you believe in, spend a few hours and just start talking to people. And that's how you're going to make something happen. Yeah. This is a really silly question, but can you DM on TikTok? You can, but they have to follow you back. So it does make it a little bit harder. Okay. So it's better to find people on other platforms and hit them up. Yeah. What I would do is go to their TikTok and then a lot of people have emails there or links to their Instagram. So you would just kind of have a two-step process. Thank you, fearless TikTok leader. Thank you. Um, but no, so what I was going to say is I think that regardless of what we're talking about social-wise, the common theme of what you guys were both saying is attention. It's how do you draw attention to your song, whatever? Why do people care? How do you give people a reason to care in the first place? So now you have done your part as an artist. You believe in this song. You're putting out something you believe in and you're doing everything you can to get people on social media interacting with you and getting attention in the most creative ways possible. Now that you have attention and you want to translate that into more streams, what does that look like and how do you do that? I can specify more. Um, I'm just like, trying okay, to so see, for find me, out where to start. Well, yeah, I know. Well, so like for me, it's like, okay, you have attention. Like to the, the end goal, the thing that artists always want, the question I always get is how do I get playlisted? Yeah, yeah. And I always think, well, okay, why do you expect that you're just going to get this, right? Like mm-hmm. you want to show that you're going to bring attention and people to the platform. You want to show Spotify, Apple Music, any platform that if they take the time to give you a chance – that your song is going to do well in playlists. How is it going to do well if people are paying attention to it and interacting with it organically? Right. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it is is really like you got to think about playlisting from a broader perspective. Like everyone obviously wants playlisting and that's like the number one thing in our industry that we go after right now because playlisting really amplifies your brand on on and off platforms for sure, you know, like it's talking points, it's, uh, there's a number of different benefits, but like, you know, you want more playlisting, you got to think about what, what the bigger, bigger picture is, you know, and, and what the, what the, what your release schedule looks like and, and what song do you really want to push to, to like scream from the rooftops? Like, this is the one that needs to be playlisted. Like, those are strategic conversations that you need to build. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah. I think for too many artists, they're too focused on kind of the first week, right? When you put out Mm. a song and you get zero playlists, they think that's the end because, you know, curators at Spotify or Apple or wherever else have denied them, but that's really the beginning of a song's life. And then it needs to prove itself worthy especially at such a young like if it's a young artist or an independent artist like you should build it up before it ever gets to playlist curators so that 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 way it will have more familiarity with people who have already heard it and it won't just get in and get out 
Like when, yeah. I don't know if many people know this, but when something enters a playlist, the curators are looking at analytics. And if it is skipped over or if it's manually changed too often, it's being removed from that playlist. And then it will actually hurt your future chances to get in those playlists. So you should really go, as Ben said, at the right time. So if you have a song and it comes out and doesn't get anything, that's fine. Try and build it up at other places, whether it be TikTok or Instagram or SoundCloud or wherever. And then as it starts to grow, you always have the, those opportunities to go back. How does that work with Pitch Tool going back? Ooh, that's a good question. Pitch Tool wouldn't work super well for going back. What you could do is you could release it somewhere like SoundCloud and TikTok first. And then oh. once it has some steam, you could pitch it via the pitch tool on something like Spotify for artists. And then you have a reason for curators to support it, right? Because Whoa, then, that's actually really smart. Yeah, yeah, in your I like that. In your pitch, you'll be able to say, hey, this already has a million streams on SoundCloud or YouTube, or hey, this has 50,000 video creations on TikTok. Like it's been viewed over a hundred million times. Right. Then it's going to go somewhere. I like that. Yeah. So many people pitch songs yeah. with absolutely no reason, you know, nothing behind right. it. Um, yeah. And then that comes back to, it's like, okay, so you're sitting there as a playlist curator reading this pitch or looking at it and you're like, okay, but why? It sounds like any other rock song totally. or whatever. Like they get so many submissions. Yeah. That's a thing that I talk to artists a lot about is like, there is 10,000 good songs submitted a week. Why should yours stand above any other? And it goes back to proving again, why, but also like get those things before you even put it out, especially while yeah. the technology is there. That's sick. I like that a lot. Yeah. And I think too, we talk about this all the time, like waterfalling, mm -hmm. coming up with alternate versions of songs and releasing them as waterfalls gives you another opportunity to, you, you'll, you'll pitch the alternate version through the pitch so you can't pitch the original. But if you have a story on the original, you can use that pitch to pitch the yeah. original through the alternate version. It's like, hey, we're putting this alternate version out, but we're continuing our focus on the original because you know it has five hundred thousand streams now on Spotify, and we're growing every single day. You know, things like that. So that's another yeah. strategy. Let's talk for a second about the pitch tool because I realize that maybe there's somebody out there that doesn't know how to use it or doesn't know what it is, and that's a basic thing to cover. Mm -hmm. So. If you are an artist, this is specifically for Spotify, but if you are an artist and you want to get your song in playlists, now the way it is set up is you can go on your artist side of your Spotify profile and give them a heads up through your profile that you're putting out new music and pitch it for playlists. Um, can you guys tell me, because you know better than I do, are there best practices? Are there ways to do it right and wrong? Like if you submit for the wrong genre or if you like, don't put too much info on it or put too much. Like what's, is there a right and wrong there? I, I do think there are some best practices. And the first one would be submit anything that you release, especially mm -hmm. if you have followers, because what it's going to do is that pitch tool is going to send it to your release radar and get you started in algorithmic playlists, uh, which is super, super important, which I know Ben mentioned on your guys's last podcast. Um, but that's the thing, like build up your followers and then any song you release via Spotify for artists is automatically going to be delivered to them. So that's just something that you can continue to grow. I want um, to write on that before you go to the next point, Josh, is yeah. like the other thing too that a lot of artists don't do is they don't let it get pitched through the pitch tool with enough time. Like right. Ooh, yeah. you put your pitch through the pitch tool 
put it at least three weeks in advance of your release. That's kind of like the standard of, of what we look at. Three weeks to give editors enough time for them to come across it when they're searching for a certain genre or, or sitting at a certain time. You know, a lot of artists will, um, you know, say, oh, we have a song done, but they won't put it in until five days before. And mm -hmm. yeah. risk a lot of, you know, missing release radar your first week, which, you know, you don't want to do. And also it gives you no time for editors to like stumble upon you if, you know, they happen to be listening to music at that time, you know? So, um, so yeah, that's, that's on top of Josh's point. That's give yourself enough time to put every single pitch through the door. Yeah. I think I that's a, a great there. call. Oh yeah. Go for it. Okay, so like, say you're more on my side and you're you're doing a bunch of SoundCloud, and I, say say that you want to release a lot of singles, right? And you can produce everything at home, and you don't need to get things mixed and mastered, and you can just produce like crazy. You want to release music super fast. If you are an artist capable of releasing, and you have ten songs ready to go, and you can keep writing, what is the what is the shortest amount of time or long like what's the proper duration between singles so in I a perfect world i think the like official rule is seven days it needs seven days to be guaranteed to hit release radar and hit the okay. editors um as okay. ben mentioned the longer you have especially in that three week range that's the best practice but i do understand cool. that like artists want to push it out and that's yeah. cool so i would give everyone seven days and then maybe the single that you think is going to pop the hardest, that one you yeah. give two to three weeks. Cool. Nice. That's awesome. Okay, so we talked about Pitch Tool. We talked about, well... Do you want to go into any of the other Pitch Tool stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, what, best practices. Sorry, we, we actually kind of uh, cut that short. Yeah. Um, so other best practices is you should submit for whatever genre you are in. And that is actually, whatever genre you pick, it's delivered to a group of editors who are in charge of that genre. Um, and they do share stuff. So say like you have a rock meets hip hop track or, or any genre meets genre. The one that you send it to are the ones that are going to be most likely to hear it. They can share it internally, but that's not always going to happen. So you should submit where it fits best. Um, not what you want to be, not what you think is cool, but where the song actually fits. Um, I know a ton of rock artists who are like, no, we're Indian pop. And I'm like, dude, no, no, no. You're definitely rock. Submit here. This is, this is what you should do. Um, right. But so many artists think they are what they aren't. Um, but yeah, you should always submit genre and then it's going to go to those editors. And then there's an opportunity to put a specific breakdown within that. So if you do rock, there's also alternative. Or if you do hip hop, there's also like emo rap. Um, you could do all of that kind of stuff and you should mark that. I think the, the, the max is three. Um, and mm -hmm. that helps them determine as well. Um, and then you could always fill out the mood stuff. Mm -hmm. And when you're putting in the description, I would keep it light. Uh, keep it to yeah. information that is most necessary. You don't need to put things like, uh, this is the release date or this is the artist name or whatever, because that stuff's already in there, right? So use yeah. your lines wisely and do two to three things of things that are super exciting. Um, and then talk about how you're going to promote it. Not every, like Spotify editors understand, sorry, um, Spotify editors understand that there's not always things happening, especially for young artists, but they want to know that you're working towards something. So you can even put mm. pitch one or two sentences of what you're planning on doing this, doing with the track. Interesting. Yeah. So you could say like, I have X followers when this song comes out, I'm doing these, TikTok, I have these ideas for TikTok, I'm going to mm -hmm. do this. 
I'm sharing it with all my friends and we're going to do a collective like music video or something. Again, totally. it, it goes back yeah. to it, the simple way of putting it is Spotify is not your marketing plan. It is part of your marketing plan. If you think yeah. about it that way, they want to know how they're going to fit into your overall strategy of who you are as an artist. And yeah. that will be more receptive than you know, Spotify needs to put this on these playlists in order for me to grow. Well, so, yeah, like that's like this whole podcast. I, I I legitimately feel bad for playlist curators and people at streaming companies right now because it's just this thing of everybody expects that they just get it. And it's like, well, we want it now. Totally. And it's like, no, do your part. Show mm-hmm. them that there's a reason to pay attention. Put in your effort too. It's not just a one-way street. There's people that work there. They're, they care. They want things to do well, not to just have a bunch of things that they try that don't do well because an artist wants to feel yeah. special. And the great thing about editors is, is they, they want to help. They want to yeah. discover you and to promote you and, and promote good music and be your champion. And so, you know, when you do find that moment or your song does make that playlist, it's important for you to understand that now you are building a partnership with someone in a company and you need to figure out how you're going to amplify their goal and, and their, 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 um, you know, their initiatives of what they're doing. And so, you know, when you find that champion, it might not be Spotify. It could be Amazon music or Apple music. Yeah. That's your first partner to give you know, use of playlist. Love. Take that yeah. and understand that. Oh my God. Like I have an opportunity to really invest in one of these services as my champion. And as I go, they're going to, you know, I'm going to remember them as like, they were the ones that, that kicked me off. And that, that that's a Dude, partnership. I love that you just said that because I feel like it's so easy to only talk about Spotify specifically mm-hmm. for streaming, but it's like, we have friends at all sorts of different platforms and like, they can change your life. Like if you get mad love at Apple or even something like Amazon, anything like that can be huge. That can be your first look. And if they like you, they can keep putting you there. Like, I mean, that's, think about these cool companies. Point. Like we're talking about Apple and Amazon. You know, yeah. like it's you, not just like some small little thing. You know, you could one day be the face of their Alexa campaign for gl- globally, you know, like they could be doing a develop, you know, a developing artist campaign and want to blast billboards all around the world for their next echo device and you know oh well this artist has been championing us and we you know we kind of been championing them why don't we put you know you never know like yeah it it could it could be something completely insane that you're just not ready for you know so it's important to like double down on champions so let's talk for a second regardless of the streaming platform you get playlisted you go through, you promote your song, you do whatever you do, it gets noticed. What are some good practices to do once the song has gotten some playlist love or some kind of look? Well, I mean, this, again, this goes back to what we were literally just talking about is building that partnership. You know, you get a playlist, the first and foremost thing that you should do is is shout it out, you know, call it out, like scream it from the rooftops. Like, Thank you, Apple Music, for giving for putting me on alt control. Like, even if you're in the seventeenth spot, like, show them love. Like, that's huge. Um, yeah. So you know, and or, or on Spotify, pin that playlist to your profile. You know, the editors are paying attention to you that you are taking notice that they're, you know, giving you this love. So 
um, you know, those are some easy, easy points that you can, uh, you can kind of just give it when that happens. Yeah. And like, that's, that's more so on the artist side. Like if we're talking about label and people in the industry, like if anyone is listening from those areas, like how do you take one thing at one service and then try and make it happen everywhere else? You know what I mean? Ooh, I love that. So yeah. if you get something going, how do you go and take that story and then go to... So if you get a Spotify playlist, then can you mm-hmm. go to Alt Nation or Sirius XM or some type of radio station and be like, hey, we got this. Our streams are this. Can we get some love? And then that happens. And then can you take it to Apple Music? And like, how do you keep raising all of these levels? Like, There's so many different partners. And once you get one thing going, it really starts a snowball. And you just got to keep that snowball rolling. Yeah, that's a really good point, Josh. Because like... On the label side, it's all about building that story. Like you mm. figure out what is the story that you're going to tell to each partner that shows them that there's some real movement here. And so, yeah, I like I really like your point of like if you are starting to build a story, say at Amazon Music, how do you transfer that over to another service and just watch it kind of grow? That's a that's a good point. I mean, dude, I think that comes back to even the inception of the song, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you if you have a song that's boring or it doesn't mean anything, how are you going to build a story? But if there's a song that is really meaningful or if there's something that is not everyone would realize from the beginning and then you double down on that and you tell that story, then it's exciting to anybody. Like it's people. Everybody working in music is people. So if you have a good story and you build that story and then one platform connects to it, then you keep telling that story. If it starts with a good song and a good story, it's that much better. Totally. That's cool. That That's awesome, actually. That's great. Great insight. Another thing that I, I feel like we maybe didn't say too much on, but I think people focus a lot on editorial playlists, but we've seen the huge value out of other things like algorithmic playlists. And if you are on Release Radar and Discover Weekly for your fans, like things like that. And I think a lot of that comes back to, again, you as the artist reminding your fans to follow you on these platforms. Um, is there any more to say on that? I just, I feel like those are some really powerful things that are sometimes overlooked. Yeah. Um, you're spot on. I mean, like all of these things are drivers that you need your, your listeners to engage with in order for them to become from a passive listener to an active listener. And, you know, the follow button on Spotify is the most powerful button really, if you think about it, because you're opting in and they, they don't say it to you but you're essentially opting in to become an active listener where every, you know, every time that artist releases a song, you're going to be served, you know, that song in your release radar, you know, you're opting into updates and to email um, campaigns for their, you know, their fans first initiatives that they're running. So, you know, again, that's a follower is like a follower on IG or a, a fan on Facebook, you know, like. And tour dates now too, right? And tour dates. Yeah. 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 yeah, which I love. Like, honestly, it's hard for me to keep up sometimes with all the artists that I like on tour. So when I follow artists on Spotify and I see that they're coming through, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, it's nice. So you want to do everything so, you can to get those, you know, to get listeners to interact with that because it goes back to the playlist. Like, think about like people just have to think about playlisting and their streaming behaviors personally and can assume that the, that is the normal behavior of listening to music. Like we turn on a playlist because we want to discover music, but also more so because we're possibly just wanting background music while we cook or mm-hmm. while we work. 
So, you know, just because you're getting shit tons of streams off of a playlist doesn't mean that that's going to translate into, you know, a real fan because it's much more passive listening. So, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I had a question. I, I had, before we started this, I had asked some people on social media, like I just posted, like anybody out there have questions. And there was one question that I liked a lot. And it's funny because it's not even necessarily direct to playlisting, but I just feel it. Like he asked this question and I'm just like, oh, I know it. I've been there. <laughs> and I, I'm curious to get y'all's perspective on this. He says, I guess that's not necessarily a question on streaming specifically, but networking and name familiarity can definitely help. So often it seems like an artist's success can kind of be attributed to knowing the right people at the right time. So breaking into social groups bigger than your own can feel intimidating and like you're annoying. What tips would you have for trying to network in, in more successful circles? And that to me, it's like, I feel that with playlisting as well, right? You're like, yo, how do I meet a curator? How do any of this? Like, that's hard. And I know that feeling. Dude, it's it's massive to have a network and to be talking to other artists if you're an artist or to other industry people if you're in the industry. Um, and tips, I would say you just got to go for it. Like it's anything else. Like the worst that's going to happen is they're going to say no or they're going to ignore it. But if you don't hit people up, it doesn't happen anyway. So you just got to go for it. Um, DMing people on Instagram is massive for artists. Like just hit people up. Everyone... If you're like a true uh, musician or artist, most other are just like you and they would be down to collab with people that are really passionate about what they believe in. Um, so yeah, I, the, the biggest advice is just to go for it and to talk to people. If you I have thought, a... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish. If you have artists that you really love, especially like, I wouldn't say like, if you're like a starting up pop singer, don't go and hit up Halsey. You know what I mean? Like, hey, maybe, maybe you should, I don't know. Um, but like hit up the people who are in the next bracket above you, or maybe the people that are in the same bracket as you, like see what they're doing, start a community. How do you guys all lift each other up and gain each other's fans? Because you would assume that you guys have similar fans if you're doing the same thing. Yeah. And to double down on Josh's point, like I completely agree. It's just about going for it. And I think if you go for it with empathy and, you know, true like compassion for what you're doing and, you know, are, are not malicious about it and do it in the right way. And obviously, you know, don't overboard yourself with outreach, but put yourself out there and just, you know, send a DM, see what happens and continue to grow and continue to kind of feed, uh, you know, feed what you're doing and, and, and connecting with people in that sense. And I think like, we can all look at ourselves in this business. And, you know, we've been, we've all been in this business 10 plus years now and look at the network that we've created. But it's taken 10 years, you know, to be able to, to say that, um, which is wild. So it's, it, it, it can be a slow grind, but if you're genuine about it and this is what you want to dedicate your life to, you know, just go, I, I agree with Josh, just go for it. If that's, and, yeah. that's the case. Totally. And, and I would say it's the same on the industry side. Like no. that's the reason why we're all friends is because we were all kind of doing somewhat similar things. And so often you're kind of stuck in your own little circle or your own niche. Like I work at an indie, like rockish label. Like there's so many other things going on. And I've learned so much from, by knowing 15 people who do the same job as me in different places. And that's just by reaching out and saying like, Hey, let's go grab a coffee. Let's talk, whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's massive. 
you also touched on just like building community. Mm -hmm. Like you just talked about it right now, like how we all connected. It's like Josh and I, we've worked together in different capacities when like I was at Pandora and he was at Hopeless. But the real bond was that we love pop punk and like we're fans of like that world. And so, you know, when you said earlier, Josh, of like finding artists that are like in your community that you're connect, like go and find that community and like double down, be friends with them, like collab with them and help each other out. That's, um, yeah. you know, you'll just naturally grow from there. Yeah. And to add to that, like, I love everything you guys said. And I think about, I think when I think of that question, I think it's important to look for the people that you think you'll get along with. Like, don't just chase clout. Totally. Don't chase the most popular people or who apparently are the most successful because they might not be the most successful forever. And that's not the point anyway, but find people that you think you'll align with, you know, because everybody's going to come up together and like thinking about us and all of our friendship, it's never it doesn't feel like a competition. Like we all enjoy the grind together. And if you find the right people and start, you know, reaching out, putting yourself out there and making friends with the right people, it's kind of like a fun come up story all together. You're all in it together. It's fun to figure things out together. I know all of us bond super heavy on the fact of like, this isn't some competition where there's not enough room for everyone to succeed totally. like we love seeing our friends come up and we love to help we'll hit each other up in texts all the time like yo what do you think of this could i be doing this better so as you do start to build your network don't do the whole forced thing because you think somebody's cool do the thing that you'll be stoked to come up with those people for years to come yep. absolutely yep tie it uh this was cool you guys yeah, this Very was awesome. Cool. This was this was really fun. Yeah, this was fun. Like yeah, I, I've been kind of trying to play around with different formats, and I love telling stories. But I thought it would be kind of fun to like tackle a specific subject, especially with you guys being down. Yeah, hopefully totally. It'll be helpful for um, a lot of artists that are, you know, in a really tough time right now. You know, yeah. Anybody time. listening, please let us know if this helps. Let us know if we missed any questions or anything. If there's something to come back to, yeah. Let's do. Uh, little, maybe we can do a little AMA. We'll come back into the you know comments. Yes, totally. Please, yes. And to go with that um, last thing that we just talked about, like you could yeah. always reach out to us as well. I literally had um, like a hip hop dude with fifteen thousand monthly listeners DM me last week. And we had an hour and a half long phone call. Like, yeah. did you really? You, yeah, dude. And it was awesome because like, I don't get to talk to artists like that often. And like, people are out there to help. And like, if you find the right people, it's awesome. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's super true. Like, you never know if you're going to catch somebody on a good day and they're just down to help. Sometimes you'll catch them on a bad day and whatever. Don't take offense to right. it. But like, he never would have had that conversation if he didn't take the chance. Totally. That's really cool. Um, one thing for anybody listening I know a lot of people listen to podcasts and don't necessarily say anything or whatever. I have found that it means the world to people that are guests on podcasts to hear from listeners, to know if it helped. So real quick, Josh, Ben, tell people where they can find you and please shoot them a DM or a message if you have a question or if you just liked this and found it valuable because it's really cool to hear from people. Uh, yeah, no, you can find me on Instagram and pretty much every other social platform as BL Farber. Um, and then, uh, I have a podcast myself called how the F do I podcast. 
to help you live your best life if you just want to listen to me talk for 45 minutes with my co-host marta um but yeah bl farmer is where you can find me and like like cram said feel free to dm just go for it just go for it um, you can find me on Instagram as well. It's epilogue, E-P-P-E-L-O-G-U-E. And I'm also at Daniela's Pizza in North Hollywood most Fridays nights. If <laughs> anyone wants to eat. You think he's kidding, but... <laughs> Yo, you realize we're going to do that stay-at-home live, man. Friday night, we're just going to sit there and answer streaming questions for six <laughs> Can I just say a story about Josh where I was... We have a mutual friend, Maggie, and we were talking about him and... She was telling me that there was like this batting cage place in like North Hollywood. Burbank. And how she like randomly found the pizza there and brought it up to Josh, who is a big pizza enthusiast. <laughs> and what was the response? Uh, oh, yeah. Glad oh, yeah. you found that spot. Yeah. Best pizza in town. Best pizza in Burbank. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Josh to have tried every pizza down to the batting cages. Oh. <laughs> well, cool. Thank you guys so much for doing this. Yeah, dude. This was yeah, fun. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having us. This was awesome.